welcome to another episode of the Ball and Foot Podcast. I'm Daniel, and I'm joined today, as always, by the lovely, handsome, cute as a button, always looking dapper, Jason. <laughs> How you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty good, although I, ha- I guess you're talking about, as always, I'm cute as a button and dapper. Yes. At, instead of not, not joining you as always, because there have been some times where I've abandoned you. <laughs> it's all good, um, man. I do have to say though, Daniel's the cuter one of us. So I'm just I'm throwing that out there, and that's not humble. That's not humility because I'm not humble. Like Daniel's just the cuter one. So until we get video up, you'll you'll have to just use your imaginations. But, but he's the cuter one. Yes, I uh, stand six foot five. I have pale white skin, baby blue eyes, uh, <laughs> sandy brown hair, uh, a full beard, and yeah. Anyway, and happily married. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, uh, back off, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So um, if you're back into the AOL chat days, I just gave you a perfect description. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, M. Uh... Daniel's 25, M25. Yeah. ASL, give me your ASL, Jason. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm too old for everyone. That's it. Oh, man. And yeah. married. So that's probably, that's all I need to say. ASL married. Yeah, there you go. ASL married. So, yeah, yeah anyway. um, We lost. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, yeah. We had a game this weekend. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, I, I think that it's not a shocker to anybody that we lost. Um, and we decided today on the podcast that we're just going to give you a um, three minute, which mine probably won't be three minutes because I only watched the second half of the match because I was waking up at six o'clock in the morning to watch that shit. So, <laughs> um, anyway, oh man, call me a fair weather fan if you will, but. Uh, Sorry, I was in a hotel room with my family, and I didn't feel like waking them up at 6 o'clock in the morning. So, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Jason, you want to go first and give us your uh, honest oh, thoughts man. on this Arsenal match and this just travesty of a performance by the Blues this weekend, I guess we can say. Yeah, I can go first. Um, I, I mean, kudos to you for not waking up your family. You're... That makes you a great Chelsea fan because um, I say we do like, yeah, we just do like a rough three minutes. I'm looking at the clock now. I'll just kind of give it a rough three minutes. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll start. I'll start right now. So, as I was saying, kudos to you, Daniel, for <laughs> uh, not waking up your family. I I think that what the team produced in the first half uh it, no one should have woke up for uh it was pretty abysmal actually the entire game <laughs> um so you didn't miss anything uh i think i had doubts starting with the lineup i i don't think that i i if that i think that's our lineup now like with injuries and and all this stuff, and hopefully after the World Cup, this I mean this will be different. But you know we we have players that get injured in training too, so it it, it it's like a, a Russian roulette here. You never know when somebody's <laughs> gonna go down. Um, but we're constantly uh, pulling the trigger. <laughs> like so, I don't I don't yep. know what our staff is doing. I don't know how to keep players healthy, uh, especially with this amount of football, nothing, nothing's going right right now. So 
I there were times in the game like there was no time in the game when I thought we looked good. We had some chances that of course uh go untaken. Um uh there was but there was no time in the game when I thought that we actually like had the oomph. We had the the go the the get up and go. We had the energy. We had the look of a team that was trying to get something out of this game. Um, I, I don't think that we necessarily. It's it's a weird game because I don't think we. Ne- I think we were trying. Here here's what's really bad about it. I think we were trying. I think it that if that is our best, I, I think that's. I think we plateaued. Yeah, I'm just at a loss for words. I think like what we said a while back, we plateaued. This is the best we can give. Um, you can't expect any good quality of play from any one player or any like formation or or any good things coming from any part of the field. Like you just you just can't expect it. You can't have faith in it. We 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 go down one zero. We literally change nothing. Um, I, I like this formation and this group of players that we have starting week in and week out is just simply not good enough. I, our depth on our bench isn't good enough. Uh, I, I constantly had Connor Gallagher's uh, quote ringing in my head of we're not good individually or as a team, <laughs> the entire match. And, and we looked, we, we embodied that quote. We lived up to that quote. We, we took that quote as our mantra and we applied that to a game that we really should have been up for. And it was a lackluster performance per usual. It was lackluster excitement from literally everyone. Um, I love it when they show Potter and the really short. Uh, and I'm so bad. I don't even know our backroom staff right now. But uh, they show he's, he's a shorter fellow that Potter tends to talk tactically about all the time. And they just constantly look as confused as I do watching this match. So, I, I mean, I, I think I think Gallagher said it best. I'll leave it there. He said that about a performance before this game. I think it also applies. And I just think this is the best we can do. And I think we actually did try this game, and that's what's sad about it, is that we looked so poor while trying. And I guess my rant's over. That's three minutes. You're a better man than I am because I watched the second half and I didn't think we tried at all. So yeah, maybe. And I, I guess I mean it as like an an insult. Like I think that's the best we can do. I think like I think that's all we can get ourselves up for. Like, like this team needs a dose of whatever the equivalent of soccer Viagra is. We can't get up for a match. No, they're pretty inept. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they, impotent for they're, sure. They're definitely impotent. They're uh, phallic. Like they're just, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, you're, you're right. I mean, it, whatever ED weird. jokes we have, <laughs> insert them now. <laughs> um, but I mean, to your point, like, but is it not weird to you? Let me ask you this question before I go on my rant while I'm thinking about it. But is it not weird to you how we? And this was the same sort of under Tuchel, too. So it's like the players, it's like this weird mentality that I think, Mm -hmm. you know, we have on the team. Like, is it not weird to you that, like, how, like, terrible and how we don't get up for matches in the Premier League, but then it's like in a total 180, completely different team that shows up in the Champions League? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we've been doing that for, like, five years. 
Yeah. I, it's, it's so, it, it doesn't, like, like, I guess, like, you're like me. We're very logical thinkers when we think about stuff. We think about stuff very logically. Mm-hmm. Number one, because we're men, and that's how men think. We're logical <laughs> thinkers. And number two, that's just the way Jason and me operate. We're logical. So, <laughs> logically, when you look at that, it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. it makes none. We play better competition in the Champions League, for the most part. And then we'll turn around and play some inferior team in the Premier League and just get thumped by them. Like, yeah. by Leeds or, you know, Brentford drawing us or Villa, you know, getting lucky to win there. And then, you know, it's just so, it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand it. I don't know why that is. And I don't think that's a, I'm not putting that on Potter because it was, this was clear under Tuchel as well. Right. Like, Tuchel would do the same thing. Like, the team would perform in the Champions League and they've gotten shit to bed in the EPL. And, I mean, I feel like at some point in time, like, you've got to stop using match fixture congestion as an excuse because City is playing the exact same number of matches we have. Liverpool are playing, like, Man United are playing the same. Arsenal yep. are playing the same. Like, they're, we're all they're, – they're playing Europa this year. So, it's all the same comp- – Tottenham's playing the same number of matches. The only yep. team that could get by with this is, like, a Newcastle because mm-hmm. they're not – they don't have that midweek. But the other top teams do. So, right. I don't know. It's just so baffling me. I don't understand it. I wish I had an answer for that question. We have had a mentality problem since we won the Premier League the last time. And that was 2017. So, I mean, we, we, we've we been battling this for five going on six seasons now. And I I, I don't I, I don't know what it is. I mean, we have – and Potter, Potter came out and said – I'll just read what he said because it's stupid. He said, a lot has happened. I've had a lot to deal with. I'm sure if you look at the Arsenal story and where they are now from one year ago, that there's a difference. I'm sure at times Mikel got pelters, and that's how it is. That's the job and life, and we have to deal with that. I mean, you you poor baby. Like, you you took this job, man. Like, you, you took this job. You have full support. They were giving you um, a long-term uh they're 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 giving you a long-term project manager job and they've they've given you full support for that and you're going to come out and say you've had a lot to deal with give me a break man like all the crap that Tuchel dealt with and still got us the champions league like Mm -hmm. shut your face yeah i i agree i was going to read a different potter quote and they're along the same lines his other quote that i was going to read and i'll make the point about both of them i think that they play he's like he said this in his press conference. He said, we have, we've had a bit of a perfect storm. Lots of games in a short period of time with injuries along the way. Okay. That's the job. That, That's the job. And, and to me, it's like you're just making an excuse at that point in time for yourself. Like you're you're saying, hey, take, I want to see a manager step up and take responsibility. Say, hey, this is on me. We lost today because, yeah, I got it wrong tactically. I probably should have played some players differently. And then to hear his quote about Mason Mount after the match – just went bananas. I missed that had, one. He essentially was like, they were like, you know, I think they were taught the context of the question was why did Mount play midweek? And then, you know, why did you not rest him midweek? Because he clearly looked tired out there during this match. And he just said, well, you know, I talked to Mason and, and Mason, you know, wants to play games and, you know, he, you know, he feels like he gets, you know, in more of a rhythm when he's playing more and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, like, you, you, if you go to any player, that's what they're going to say. 
But right. every player wants to play. They want to play every minute of every game. It's your job as a manager to rotate them in and out to say, you need to rest because I need you for the bigger games. You know, right. like, what do you just that's just that's bad management to me like that i think the managerial flaws in potter are starting to come through yeah and and very quickly yeah very quickly very very quickly yeah i don't know like uh do you want do you want to do your rant and then we can uh continue ranting because you and i before this were very much like i don't even know what to say and i think now we're kind of getting into the groove and yeah. I don't. I, I want you to have that fire going into your rant. Well, I mean, here this is all I've said about the match. I just wrote down a couple little things. This is all I've got to say. I'm not because, like I said, I, I didn't watch a lot of them. I watched the entire second half. I saw the goal. Okay, um, some of the worst defending I've ever seen on a corner piece. Have you yeah. seen the replay of this goal? Have yeah, you seen it, what Kukurea does? Yeah, yeah. It's, he just he just hugs his defender and watches the ball yeah. go right by him. Just watches the ball move. go. Yeah. Does it move? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's anyway. it's pretty it's pretty appalling how that ball gets through about three of our guys. It is. It is. So here here's what I almost say about the match. Havertz is Havertz is not a striker. That's a fail. Fail by Potter to start him in a striker. Dave, right back, fail. I don't care. He's not a right back. He's not a right wing back. He can't play a full 90 minutes against a top tier team like Arsenal. Um, Ruben Lopez cheek starting in the midfield. That's a fail. Kovacic not starting. That's a fail. Uh, Sterling, poor again. Please drop him. He has been such a sucking ass so much lately. Drop Sterling. He needs a, he needs a break. Um, Z-Man's not starting was a fail by Potter, especially after the performance that he put in. Um, that's about all I got to say. I don't really have anything else to say because it's just... It, it is what it is. It was a poor performance. And I, I will say this. We looked really tired and sluggish like the last 15 to 20 minutes of that match. And I think that's from, like, I, I mean, as much as I wanted the $2.3 million, $2.1 million from winning the Champions League in, in that match or whatever, man, he left three open spots on the bench. You've got academy players that are begging to get minutes. Like, give them some time. Like, you, we have start, we injuries. Okay, you have injuries. This is how you deal with injuries. You bring in your academy players. Tuchel did it. Tuchel brought in academy players. Lampard would bring up academy players in cup games whenever, you know, we were struggling with injuries and stuff. You just got to do what you got to do. Like, you have the group secure. Play. Just, I don't care. You've got to rotate the squad. You can't keep throwing, like, especially when you keep throwing the same people out there and that it's clearly not working. So, I don't know. That's my state. That's all I've got on the, the match. It it sucked. We lost. Whatever. I expected to lose. So, I I think you brought up a really good point there about um, the midweek game and how he just shit the bed about that uh, with not starting and leaving three. Three open spots on the bench. I mean, you, you talk about you're rotating the squad. I, I don't know. Maybe Chilwell doesn't get hurt. Like sure. I, I mean, we could play what it could have should all day. Yeah, but I and I'm not I'm not gonna go too far down that rabbit hole. I'm just saying these are the types of decisions that 
he was kind of complaining about the other day. Or not complaining, but I'll read you this. I'll read you this bit. He said, I wouldn't say I'm experimenting. I do have an idea of how I want us to play football. I think you have to remember when you're trying to do something new, there will be a chance it goes wrong. You always have to be prepared for that. That sounds a bit strange because you could come across as this all-knowing person with all the answers. But the reality of making progress and the reality of doing something different and new is you have to be prepared to be an idiot. If it goes wrong or it fails, you are open to criticism. The flip side of that is if you don't do anything and you just do the same stuff, then nothing changes. And it's that balance. You have to have the courage to do that and accept the consequences when it doesn't go your way. What is he talking about? Playing Sterling I mean, at left wing back? I don't know. I mean, he sounds like an idiot with that quote. Like he did, don't don't worry about looking like an idiot. You definitely sound the part. <laughs> that is true. Like, I don't. I don't know, man. That's such a strange, like, just way to say, "Hey, I'm trying new things, and it may or may not work." But yeah, you know what? It's just it's, it's an excuse. You know, he's almost saying, hey, I know this isn't working and I'm going to get criticism for it. But, hey, it's something new and I'm just tinkering with it. Like, you don't come to Chelsea to tinker. Like, yeah. you don't come to Chelsea to experiment. You come to Chelsea to win trophies. Like, yeah. this isn't some little, we're not Brighton where you get to tinker with stuff and maneuver stuff around and try out these experimental tactics. No, you come here you put your tactics in place that are going to give your players the best opportunity to win. Playing yeah. Sterling at left wing back, Pulisic at right wing back, that's not giving your players the best position to win. Like constantly playing Havertz at striker, which was something that frustrated us with Tuchel too. Constantly right. playing him there is not giving your team the best opportunity to win. If I don't know, it's just I don't. It's, it's starting to get frustrating at this point in time for me, at least. Well, I mean, like, what Tuchel, we're kind of like, they have about the same number of games right now under their belt this season, right? So, I mean, we're just, I don't know. I don't know how easy it is to compare. I'm not, I'm not like trying to compare like, like for like or whatever. I'm just saying, I don't, I mean, you fire Tuchel because he wasn't getting results that you want. Well, they fired Tuchel because they didn't like that he had more of a say than he than they wanted him to. And it's like this is your yes man and arguably it could start going downhill very fast right now. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have a long-term process. It it's going to be frustrating to watch this if if we're stuck with Potter for two more years. I don't know how long they're going to give him. I mean, it's a new administration. I don't. I don't know. I don't. But like I said last time, I just like I'm not saying I I want Potter to fail, and I'm not saying that I'm not still like behind Potter right now, and I'm not saying that I you know don't like expect him to to be able to do things. I just don't have any faith that this is the team that I think can do it and I don't have any faith that this is the leadership that can get a team like this to do it and I I think that that's the best I can say it like I just personally don't believe that this team can do 
what we expect from a Chelsea team. I just that like this team has fallen. The new the new players we brought in when we don't have to we don't have to lit maybe we will litigate all that. <laughs> well, like again, <laughs> but like the new players that we brought in when Tuchel supposedly had a well he didn't have a say in them, but he did have a say in them, but he didn't have a say in them because there's like 50 million things, and then you're just yeah. gonna throw him under the bus at the end of all of it. But like he's the one that you're backing, so you're getting him these players for this system. But then you bring in a whole new guy, and I I guess they were just like, oh well, we need to make it look like we we got a guy that's gonna uh uh do what we uh do what we want with these players. So we'll just get a guy that uh coached one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they they'll have the same process, and we can make this <laughs> narrative work. But I I don't even know, man. Like I don't I just don't have like I never once believed that we could get a goal from this game or win this game. And I never once believed or, or I'm having a hard time believing that we can get anything from this season. Um, so, and I, and I don't believe that I, I don't believe it's going to get better in the short term. It's definitely not going to get better. We're lucky we have the world cup coming up. Yeah. I mean, like it's, I think that's the biggest thing that frustrates me about all of this is like, you know, a couple weeks ago, I said we need seven points from these nine. Right. These last three games. And right now we're haven't gotten any points. Right. From these games. And we're going into Newcastle, who is in form, who is ahead of us in the table, who we have a good shot at being eighth or ninth by the time the World Cup break comes on. I mean, I don't even care about Tuesday night. Or Wednesday, whenever we play our midweek game, yeah. see, I don't. I could care less about that match. We we can get thumped, and I don't really care. But that match is irrelevant to me. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think you can. You just look at Potter, and you say, like, you, you just there's so many questions. Like, and it's like he said, Tuchel. Was he given control? Was he not given control? Like, I don't think he had as much say as he I, Sterling. I think he had say in, I think that mm-hmm. was Tuchel because Sterling has come out and said that he was Tuchel was a big reason he came here. I don't think Koulibaly was, I don't think Fofana was, I don't think, um, who else we had? Kukurea. Kukurea. Um, is that it? Aubameyang. Um, yeah. Aubameyang, I could see that being maybe a Tuchel thing because they've worked mm-hmm. together before. But I mean, you just look at the quality of players we bought, and I I want to take time over the World Cup break and just sit down and us just break down these players on this team and be like, yeah, what's the quality of these players? Are they good enough to play for Chelsea? And see where we stand. Okay, and I like it. So we're gonna have a state of the club players edition podcast episode come out sometime during the World Cup. Um, since we won't have anything else to do, but have random conversations about Chelsea. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, but I mean, you just look at where they are now and what, where we are now versus where we were then. Are we any better off? And I think the reason that like you're, you're talking about, you know, it's going to be hard to trust the process and you don't know if Potter's the right person and you don't know if, you know, Bowley and them got this right or not. And I agree with that a hundred percent. And I think it was a lot easier for us to trust the process under Tuchel because Mm -hmm. we saw what Tuchel could do. Right. We saw what he could do with these players. We saw that he got the best out of them. He won the Champions League with them. 
He won the Club World Cup. Like, he won trophies. So, he made the FA Cup final two years in a row. He's been there. Um, so, I think it was easier for us to say, okay, we're going to have some rough patches. We know that. But we know we have a manager that can win us and get us to the promised land eventually once we get the players in here, once we get the people surrounding him. But when you have new owners, unfortunately, that usually comes with turnover. Like, Mm -hmm. that's just the facts of it. And I think, like, there's not a lot of elite soccer managers in this world. There's not. There's just simply not. Like, I mean, you could probably name the elite soccer managers two hands, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, probably. And two of them are in the, three of them are in the Premier League. And they're not leaving, and Ancelotti's at Madrid. That's four, you know, just name, thinking names on top of my head. Um, so, I and Tuchel was one of those, I think, but he's gone now. And so, did go ahead. Yeah, well, it's like no, I, I mean, I think you said it perfectly. Like, if you're, it, we, we could believe in Tuchel, and it, and it's like you said because he had, he was proven. We, we have now traded a run of bad form, but a leader in charge of that for another run of bad form. And, and technically, our, our run wasn't that bad. We just, like, are underperforming. And it, it feels bad because, like we've said a lot, we, we, were, we were lucky to get out of October the way we did. Mm-hmm. But, like, we're definitely on a run of bad form right now. <laughs> And, um, and so like, it was easier to trust Tuchel. I mean, we're talking about, and and man, I don't, I mean, I really don't want to like dwell on this because I, it's, it still is a woulda, coulda, shoulda thing, but, but it just, for me, it was easier to trust Tuchel because here's a guy who loved the club, had nothing but great things to say about him being here, wanted to stay here forever. (laughs) Like, the passion was felt. I think you could feel um, uh, just how much he put into the matches. And yeah, we were not performing well uh, at the end of last year coming into this year. And But I have a feeling we're just going to do that with Potter. But that's, I think you hit the nail on the head where like it was easier. It, it, it just... I, my faith in Potter, I mean, my faith in Tuchel was like commanded somehow. Like it just was like, it just like came out of me. I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, I think Tuchel can get us out of this. I'm not happy about where we are, but I'm glad Tuchel is the guy that's in charge. Even if he, even if we got here under his watch, it's like you said, he's kind of proven we can get out of it. I don't know Potter. Like I, and we're like the same amount of games in, um, in this season as Tuchel had. And I I don't think and, and when I finally let you talk here in a minute, maybe I'll <laughs> actually compare the records. But um but I just think that we're I it feels low. And I get I guess I can only talk about like the feelings of it. Like this feels low. It doesn't feel like we are going to get out of this anytime soon. We're lucky we have the World Cup, but I also think that it when we come back from the world cup, like hopefully our players are fit and, and 
Potter will have some more um, uh, people at his disposal to play or talent at his disposal to play. But like, I, I don't know, man. I just, I have a faith issue right now. I guess that's where I'm at. I just have a complete mm-hmm. faith issue that during a game, during a 10 minute spell in a game, during a run in the champions league, during a run in the premier league, like I do not have faith that this is a good direction right now. I, I hope that I'm wrong. Like I genuinely hope that everything that I think will happen does not happen. (laughs) And I don't want it to happen. I genuinely don't, I don't want to be right or anything. I'm not even like saying anything to be right about. I'm just saying I have trouble seeing how Potter gets himself out of this. And I don't have faith that he can. And that's a personal thing for me. I have, I haven't had faith in this team in a while. I still am amazed that we won the Champions League. Yeah. Like like a, a little while ago, a couple years ago now. Like I'm still kind of flabbergasted that that happened. Mm-hmm. Um I don't have faith that it will happen again with the current trajectory. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough. And I mean it's like it's like the whole thing seeing is believing and we saw mm-hmm. Tuchel and what he could do. And we're sort of having to have that blind faith right now and trusting Potter, and that's harder to do right, exactly. with him versus Tuchel. And it's like you said, it's like, I, I hope we come out of this. I hope Potter is got to lead us out of this. And I think that's the thing that people don't realize is you, we as fans, have the right to question the manager and gripe about the manager, but at the same time, you can still support the manager. Like, we did that with Tuchel. Like, if it's sort of toward the end of his time, we were very question about some of his not necessarily who he was playing but his tactics and the way he was setting some stuff up and it was one of those things that we did that and we questioned it and we said okay this is too cool we love you we trust you too cool but why are we doing this like what's the point of this and i think you know sitting here thinking about it while you're talking like looking back on it i'm like hindsight's 2020 like okay we played three at the back because we were we're we're just terrible when we go to four at the back. Um, maybe the reason we passed the ball sideways so much when Tuchel was here is because we literally can't make forward passes, and Tuchel knew that. Yeah, <laughs> like because nobody on our team has the quality to make those passes. Rarely do they. They. I will say this: Potter has gotten them to do it more. I will right. say that. Yeah, but it doesn't mean we're good at it. Like <laughs> right. Mean, and they still miss the open players when they make the runs. So it's it's still frustrating at times. So I don't know. It's it's the whole scene is believing blind faith, you know, thing. And it's a lot easier to trust in somebody that you have seen that has proven what they've done for your club and have proven what they can do. So yeah, I don't know. That that's just sort of where I stand on it. So um. Let me ask you this question, Jason. Mm. So, do we as the fans, as supporters of this club, have the right to be upset about this whole process? <laughs> or should we... Do we have a right, I guess, to voice our opinions about it? Or should we just simply... Because there's a, there's the contingency on Twitter that says, just sh- trust the process, shut up, quit complaining. And there's the mm. other contingency on Twitter that's like, this is bullshit. And... 
this is a terrible lineup. This is not going the way we expected to. So, like, should we just shut up and trust the process? Or do we have, like, is there room for criticism in this realm of thing? Because I do think there is a contingency of Twitter that just takes it overboard and has started shoveling the coal into the train engine and they're greasing the wheels and they're just, they're starting to fire that engine up on the Potter out train. And I'm not, that's not me, but I, I do criticize him and I'm not happy with Potter at the moment either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, man. uh, So while you're asking that question, I got like a lot of, I got kind of existential and philosophical (laughs) about something. Um, yeah, I I mean of course we have the right to criticize this. I mean it uh, I think you and I try to do it with the understanding that we don't know what's going on in the back rooms of of Chelsea Football Club right now. I I don't see what's happening in training. I'm not a part of conversations that uh Potter is having with players. Hopefully he is having conversations with players. Um I'm not part of the conversations that Bowley and co are having. I'm not, I'm not part of any of these conversations. I, I can only see the end product of, of all of those conversations and all the lead up and all the, all the man, man managing and all the, the training. I can only see the end product of what is happening on the pitch. And I think that to a degree, I understand why people are saying that we can't be critical about it because uh, I mean, because of those things, because we just don't know. And, um, and I think they want to believe that that this process is going to turn out well in the end. And I, I, I'm not even calling, and I don't believe you are either, I, I don't think we are calling for, like, Potter out. We're not calling yeah, for, no. like, um, uh, I mean, we're not even, like, saying that, like, everything is, like, completely dire at this point. I, I'm just speaking from a very personal point of view of, when was the last time I had faith in a Chelsea team? And I can't remember the tr- any true faith that I've had since maybe the last time we won the Premier League. And so I, um, I, I just, I, from my point of view, my criticism comes from, I'm looking at what is happening. I'm looking at the results, right? And we, we are having to infer a lot into those results, which is where I understand where the camp that's saying, Hey, just trust the process. You don't know anything. <laughs> I totally, I, I totally admit that I don't know anything. I'm having to infer a lot. We're having to watch player body language. We're having to watch fatigue levels. We're having to watch performance. We're having to watch fundamentals. We're having to watch how they react to um, things not going their way on the pitch. We're having to watch <laughs> how they defend. We're having to watch how they try to shoot and score a goal. We're having to watch all the little things. We're, we're looking at stats. We're looking at all these things. I don't think that the team is beyond criticism just because we have a obscured view of what is happening. We only get to see the end product, but I don't think that we're not allowed to criticize because of that. I mean, at the end of the day, that end product is going to drive your revenue. At the end of the day, that end product is going to drive new fans to the club. At the end of the day, that end product is going to keep momentum going so you can continue generating a good end product. Like, at the end of the day, we kind of are the reason they're playing, right? Like, without a fan base, this club doesn't really have the revenues and the resources that it needs. True. Like, so I don't understand why we wouldn't just get to be able – 
I mean, they want us to watch the games, right? Like that's why <laughs> these companies pay billions of dollars for the contracts. That's why this is a international sport that is loved by all. I, I don't understand why we get to celebrate and and go crazy and say whatever we want when the team wins, but we don't get to have a say in it when they don't produce a good end product. I'm not even I'm not looking for an invincibles type of team here. I'm looking for like we talked about <laughs> it. We've talked about it since the start of this podcast. I'm looking for good fundamental football. I'm looking for something to believe in. I'm looking for player performances that get me hyped, that that help me have faith in them. I'm looking to them. I I like would not watch the game if I didn't respect the club. Like I just don't I don't understand that line of thinking. I don't understand why I get to have a say in it when things are amazing and I don't get to have a say in it when clearly things aren't going that well and we're sitting in seventh here. Like I in in a lot of ways I'd rather be a Liverpool fan with Klopp at the helm right now. And they're two oh, yeah. points behind us. And I like, but Klopp has accomplished so much. It's easy to have faith in that. Right. With somebody like Potter, the the process is what, like, I think you put it perfectly, blind faith. We are just having to go, hey, yeah, we hope he's the right guy. Mm-hmm. But you, but the people that are saying that he is the guy literally have no basis in fact for why that is. There's not even, like, that's my thing. There's not even statistics to back that up. Like right. there's not like he's his overall win percentage is under fifty percent. He's only had a winning percentage at one of the three clubs that he's managed before this. The two Premier League clubs that he managed, he didn't have a, a winning percentage over fifty percent. Right, exactly. So and this feels a lot. Yeah, it feels a lot like a Lampard situation, but with Lampard, he's a club legend, man. Like mm-hmm. Lampard, unproven coach that's given the reins of a huge club. Now, granted, the fan base was incredibly divided. They needed somebody at the time that was going to unite the fan base. Right. But we have proven that it doesn't matter how big of a legend you are. If you're not getting the end product, then the fan base kind of turns on you. Mm -hmm. And they start calling Mount your son. (laughs) Like, so just saying. But, like, I mean, at least with him, we had, like, a reason to love him. I, I think blind faith, like that's, that's like the perfect thing. I think that that's how I'm going to start. I, I, that's how I have to think about it for myself. I think that's like a good, uh, like putting good words to it. I, I think that that's kind of what I feel like people are asking people who want me to trust the Potter process. Right. And we've said that we want to do that on this podcast. We said we are a trust the Potter process podcast. That's great. Doesn't mean that I have to be happy about that process all the time. <laughs> Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I am just hunky-dory when we lose 1-0 to one of our main rivals. Like, uh, and, and a main rival who is doing really well right now. Um, and, they, and they've seen their fair share of crap. Um, so, but I mean, I don't have to be happy about this. Like, I can criticize parts of this process that I see, the parts of the process that I see. I don't understand why I wouldn't be able to have a say in that. I I mean we make the time to watch the game. I I watched the whole game. I'm an idiot and got up at six in the morning American time. American yeah. Central Time. I, I got up at six in the morning to watch this freaking game. And I got up earlier so that I could cook breakfast. <laughs> like like I have my whole day surrounded this thing. 
Like we put a lot of our time and effort into it. We make the time to to record a podcast about it. Like I don't understand why I wouldn't have a say in that. Like that's just bonkers to me. And that's just people being mad because they want to believe in something. And I totally get that. But let us all have the way we're going to believe in it. Like I just I, don't force that on me. Um, I we've already said we trust the Potter process. Like just back off a little bit. Like we're going to be critical about the Potter process when the Potter process uh, produces this kind of result. And, and in the manner that it's producing it. Like, and that's another thing. I will just add before I shut up. Mm-hmm. I, if we had lost 1-0 and I thought that we were fighting for it. Like, and I don't, I don't want yeah. that to be misconstrued because I don't think I'm very eloquent. But, but like, I did think we were trying and I don't think it was good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't yeah. think our version of trying can produce a result. But also, it didn't have any heart in it either. Nope. Like so, I, I like, I think that's just the best. I, I guess I'm just trying to say that we plateaued. Like what we talked about a while back, we've just plateaued. Like this is the best we can drum up and we can do, and and then to to even help that along, we don't have any uh, gumption. We don't have any heart. We don't have any drive. We don't have any fire. We don't have any desire. We have nothing that that would that would help our our even our best efforts, and and then that's what it looks like on on Sunday. That's what it looks like against a team that is in very good form. We're lucky we were only down one zero. Uh, Arsenal missed a lot of their chances, um, but I, I think they deserved the win. I mean, because we definitely definitely did it and 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 even when we're giving our best it it it's nowhere near the top and then we don't have any heart behind it either and that makes it even worse so i don't know why i can't criticize that and i can't watch what happened on that field and say that it was bad yeah i mean that's the way that we've talked about that for for months now on this podcast that one of our biggest issues which i want to you know we'll get into this when we dive into like the players on the team and like the quality that they bring to Chelsea and is it up to par, you know, with the Chelsea standards, like there was no, they had, they play with no heart. They play with no passion. They play with no, you know, just urgency to do anything. And like, it, it was, it's been like that forever. Like it's been like that for a while now. Like there's a couple of players that will give their all when they're out there for you on that pitch. Um, and I think that's one reason that, you know, you and me especially, probably more so than a lot of Chelsea fans love Timo Werner because the man gave everything he had while he was out there on right. the pitch. And, and the fans did, like, the fans loved Werner. Like, I've never seen a guy miss more shots and the fans still cheer him and sing his name after every match right. because they knew what he was giving to the club. And those are the kind of players you need at your club. So... I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really have a lot to add. Anything else? I think to this. I think we've pretty much sort of said it all. It's just <clears throat> about Potter. I don't. It's just blind faith at this point. Just trusting him. Um, and I don't know. And and I think we said it when Tuchel got fired that this will either be the thing that this could be the thing that makes or breaks the fans liking Bowley and company. And I want to dive into them more too in a later episode. I just don't want to sit here and talk for two hours tonight. Don't feel like it. I don't feel like that 
you know, we'd probably just start chasing rabbits at some point and probably saying <laughs> stupid, yeah, stupid crap. But anyway, it, this could be the defining moment for bowling and having had the club a year now. Like, you, right. you've made it through one transfer window and I don't know. And right. You've already screwed this up because you, if you might have screwed this up, you could have screwed this up. Let me use, you know, could have, would have in this situation because I don't right. know yet. He might, they might not have. Potter might end up being the guy. But it's, and I mean, that's my thing is like, okay. Here's a question. We'll sort of end it, I guess, on this question. At what point does Potter get the axe? Like, at what point Napoleon then do you think draw the line? Because, I mean, you think about it. If, if I don't think anybody right now, the form that we're in, and kudos to you, you do not predict us to finish top four this season. I did. Um, yeah. If we don't finish top four, we're out of the Champions League. Which means right. not as much revenue, um, less attractive to players. Like normally, that's grounds for a sacking at Chelsea. Like, how much yep. time does Potter get? I mean, does he get a year? Does he get two years? Like, like I mean, in your opinion, how long do you think Bowling and them are going to give him? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I just don't know Bowling and Co. enough. Like, yeah. like with at least with Abramovich, like we had inconsistent coaches, but like they were consistently brought in. <laughs> like you know, we like the process to bring him yeah. in was like consistent in terms of, well, that coach stopped doing well, so we're just gonna bring in another one. Yeah, <laughs> and that at least that idea was always prevalent uh, or hanging over um, the managerial situation at Chelsea. I mean, I think he at least finishes out the season. Um, I mean. I will give Potter this kudos to Potter. He came in at a time when it was make or break for him in, in or make or break for us as a club in the champions league this season and got us through the group mm-hmm. stage. Um, which I, I mean, I didn't see that coming. Um, we got really lucky with Milan and their injury situation. Um, but I mean, I think he at least gets to the end of the season. I think there probably is an assessment about what happens at the end of the season. And I I got to believe that if if we are in a pretty bad situation at the end of the season, uh I mean I, I can still see them giving him another year. I agree. I mean I, don't, I think he gets it. I don't know how happy year. about I mean just because he's gotta he's gotta be here through some transfer windows, I I, I imagine. So um, it's going to be really interesting seeing the transfer strategy next summer. I I think it's kind of unpredictable at this point what we're going to do. I mean, are we just going to keep throwing tons of money after bad? I mean, you look at the war chest that we brought out for this this and like how these players have performed and like how much we were willing to overpay for players and and I mean it it's really it's going to be really interesting looking back on this season. Like right now, it kind of sucks to be in it, but it's going to be really interesting looking back at how all of this went down and analyzing it from transfer takeover, transfer window, all the way through uh, mm-hmm. the managerial situation. Uh, I mean, I see like for me, I don't know. I'm going to look up and see how how long while while you while you give your thoughts here, and before I go okay. on any further, I'm going to look and see 
how long Arteta has been at Arsenal. It's been a couple uh, or three years, right? It's been two and a half or three years. Because I don't think it yeah. wasn't at the beginning of the season. I don't think. I think it was like halfway. So it might be three and a half, actually. Oh, my Lord. I mean, that's a, a long time to trust a process. How long has he been there? Um, Let me see. He, I, I don't know why. It doesn't provide years for that. Okay. So, he was appointed on December 20th, 2019. So, that's He's half a season. He's coming up on four years. He's coming up on four years then. No, three years. Three years. Yeah, it's coming up on three years in December. So, yeah. so, so two and a half seasons right now. So at this stage, in at this stage, let's say Potter makes it through this season, right? That's like he'll have had more time than Arteta mm-hmm. at this stage in the, the first when he first took over, and then Arteta goes through twenty twenty, and then gets the full twenty twenty. 2021 season and now we're in oh yeah so then he had 2021 2022 and then now we're in 2022 2023 so he had two and a half years before this season mm-hmm. i mean that's a that's a bit to trust the process yeah but i mean you look at it though it, they really didn't they were sort of in the same boat we were. They're making pretty shit signings, like not great signings True. for players. Um, True, yeah. Which I think you can say is fair about Chelsea at this point in time, considering we spent over three hundred million pounds in the last two transfer, two summer transfer windows, and have gotten absolutely nobody to show for that. And I mean, yeah, our yeah. best player out of those windows is probably hurt right now, and who knows if he's an injury prone person and he could end up being a bust in Fofana. I love Fofan. I think he's got great potential out of all the signings we've had. But yeah. I also think that I, he scares me now. So, um, yeah. But yeah, to that point, like, Arsenal did the same thing. That shit signings. They were wasting money. They weren't getting the players in. And you get you see what somebody like you get a Gabriel Jesus. They can completely change your team right. and change how you play. And our you know, and they had the young talent and the Sockas and the, you know, they got uh, Martinelli. Um, you know, they brought in, you know, some younger guys and there's uh, Smith Rowe, um, Oldegaard. Like, they've made some good signings. You know, they've had, right. and those signings that they've made now are fitting into their team and you're starting to see what they do. Their defense is still, I think, to use a word for my kids, you sus. Um, <laughs> at times, the slang of the youth. The slang of the youth. I, I I don't think their defense is that great. Um, I think that's still something. I, I think Ben White's way overrated. Um, I think Gabrielle's way overrated. I mean, they're adequate, but the rest of the yeah. team makes up for it. Um, but yeah, I don't. Well, I don't. I don't know if I can take two and a half years of this. Like, I'm gonna be honest with yeah. you. But, but see, our mentality is so much different than what Arsenal's is at this point mm-hmm. because we literally won the Champions League two years ago. We've won it twice, you know. Right, right. Historically, Arsenal, you know, has performed better in the Premier League than us, and we perform better in Europe than them. But right, they went through a very long process of not being good. Like they've been bad mm-hmm. for a long time. Like we've just recently been good. So. Mm-hmm. It's a little harder for me to trust the process 
because we haven't. <laughs> right. I mean, there was Arsenal fans, like Troops, my favorite Arsenal fan. I love Troops. That dude was freaking ready to ask for us after like the first two or three matches last year. Right. Like all the right. Arsenal fan base was. Like, yeah. so. I don't but now they're all pretending they were trusting the process the whole time. Hey, I will say this. My boy Zah, shout out Zah from Barcelona Sports. If you're listening to this, that man is an Arsenal fan. And he stuck Barretta the whole time. I I will surprise wow. the man. I love Zah. Um, he'll never listen nice. to this, but shout out Zah. Um, <laughs> well, and the reason, part of the reason that um, we're comparing Arteta to Potter at the moment is because Potter has compared himself in several recent quotes to Arteta. And is using that as kind of like a, hey, trust me, sort of thing. Uh, I'm just going to look at the 2019-2020 season. Arsenal finished 8th. 2020-2021, Arsenal finished 8th. 2021-2022, last season, Arsenal finished 5th. Only 5 points behind us and only 2 points behind Tottenham who finished 4th. So, and then this season... They're like proving to be true title challengers, mm-hmm. I think, at this point. So, um, and then I didn't look at point totals really. I'll go back real fast. I mean, because that was like a 69 point total, so 56 point total. And then they had a 61 point total, so that's not good. And then they had a 69 point total. Um, it's funny how the, the, it fluctuates based on how teams are doing throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, we finished third last season. We finished third last season. Uh, Bone had a mistake, kept us out uh, from going to the semis in the Champions League, and we got to two domestic cup finals. That's not happening this season. None of that's happening this season. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I could see us making it to the. I could see us beating Dortmund in the Champions League. I could also. Somebody had a great tweet today. They're like, either we're gonna be. Dortmund four one on aggregate, or we're gonna get thumped seven two on aggregate by Dortmund. That's, that's pretty it's pretty accurate. Um, so you know, I, I think can that's we stick true. with Potter? Can we stick with Potter for two and a half more seasons, and then, or can we stick with Potter for two more seasons and then come good on the third season? Because that's what's happened with Arteta. I mean, I, I honestly, I think we're going to be forced to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think, and I think Potter knows that. And that's why you're yeah. seeing him say some of these quotes that he's saying and saying some of this. Yeah. Like, you know, he's comparing himself to Arteta. Arteta did on his third year. Um, You know, he's comparing himself to, and with the, the um, well, experimental quotes and stuff like that. This, this stuff that he's saying, I think, when you come out and you have that kind of confidence to say something like that as a manager, you know that you have the time. Like, you know that yeah. you're not getting axed, you know. Um. So, I mean, I don't – I mean, I think that's the thing is the Chelsea fans, you, we just got to strap in because I think we're here for at least another – I mean, I, it depends on, I think, honestly, like, I think we'll finish top 10 this year. I, I think mm-hmm. we'll somehow scrape by a top 10 finish this year. Um. I don't think we'll be in any European competitions next year, just the way it's looking right now. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I just expect at least finish. If, if you're going to tell me to trust the process and I see y'all make good signings in the summer, I expect, and I start seeing 
better play from the team, then yeah. Um, but you look at also what Arsenal did last year. Like, they're, they were, what, literally, I think, bottom of the table at yeah. the beginning, like, after the first three or four matches. They were literally, I think, in last place in the Premier League, in the relegation. Like, they hadn't picked up a point yet. I think the first three matches they didn't pick up points from. Yeah. And then they battled back to fifth. So, you, if you're an Arsenal fan, you have to think that that's optimism right there for them. Right. But... So I need to see the team, our team. I don't, I don't want to be in the relegation zone and then fight back from that. But I would like to show some fight and some determination and show that the process is working is what I need to see. So right from Potter, and I, that's what I need to see. I need to see that this year, though. I want to see some type of process being made this year, even though I think the players are shit. So yeah. Well, I'll I'll ask one more question. Okay. Um, ask away, Jason. Yeah, like so. I mean, are like from game to game, do you feel like Potter? Because he said that he had a sense of how he wants us to play. He doesn't feel like he's experimenting. He has an idea of how he wants us to play. Are you getting that sense as well, watching this team perform and watching his lineups come out every single time? No, I, I don't think he has a clue what the hell he's doing because I have no clue what the hell he's doing. It's different every game. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I understand you've got to adjust things because of injuries and because of this and that. But you're clearly experimenting when you put Polisic and Sterling at left wing back and right wing back. Like, that was enough for me. Like, when I saw that lineup come out, I was like, I'm done. Like, I can't. Like, yeah. You, you, like, it's just not, that's not, you're not putting Sterling, he sucks right now. So if he sucks, yeah. you bench him. But if you, if he's sucking and you're putting him in a bad position, I put some of the blame for him sucking on the manager. Because you're not yeah. giving your players the best opportunity to, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Succeed. There we go. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, I think he knows he has time. And, yeah, he mm-hmm. might have some inkling of how he wants us to play. But I don't think he knows. <laughs> I think he's realizing the same thing Tuchel realizes. that, the, And I, I really want to hit that, you know, we'll... Like I said, we're going to hit this in another podcast, but the players are just shit. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what he's realizing. Yeah. I I almost look at us like, like you know, when a player is out of position, right? And mm-hmm. then you can't, like, most times, by the time you get back in position, it's too late. Yeah. Like, I almost look at us as out of position. Like, I, I almost look like we've gotten in a situation where we've bought a player in Sterling and Potter's kind of made this clear that he's undroppable. Uh, we're out of position. Like, we can't... I mean, that's one spot in the field that is always going to be Sterling's at this point, mm-hmm. unless he gets hurt, and God forbid. So... I don't know if this and then, one time, maybe we want him to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd, I, I would want him to, like, stub his toe, and it keeps him out for, like, a game or so. That's what I want. I don't want like a career threatening injury or anything. No, no, nothing but, like um, that. Yeah, yeah, just just a little, just a little toast up, just yeah. just something to make him curse out loud and sit sit down on the bench for a minute. <laughs> um, but also, I think we're also in a position where, based on what we just talked about, I think you and I are like just kind of like coming to terms with the fact that we have to accept that for a really long time Potter's going to be the man in charge. Yeah, and. Um, and I think we're also out of position there because we've we've put ourselves in a position where 
Potter's going to be here for a long time, and this is the guy that you've put your faith in, that Bowley and Co. have put their faith in. So we've we've already saddled ourselves up in a particular way that isn't going to be easy to change. Um, so until some of that breaks, I mean, I just think, yeah, it's like you said, we just got to buckle up and just accept that this is that our team is mid and that um what what was the word your kids use sucks and oh sus yeah yeah sus sus. and and so they um yeah so i think we're just stuck i i I think we're just we're just gonna be stuck as a mid-table team um for the foreseeable future and we got to hope that sometime in the future potter comes good but that hope is blind and that's basically what mm-hmm. i've gotten out of this podcast episode yeah so i mean i think that pretty much sums up you know i think we should do a uh just sort of thought about this on the fly um three-part mini-series since we're nearing the world cup break this will be part one of uh the state of the club and this is the manager edition <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah bring you a, a player's edition later on um and then Love we can it. also do a uh leadership edition because i want to rip into bowling company so bad right now but i'm restraining so hard yeah <laughs> so um but yeah i i think just breaking it up into smaller episodes you know for you guys you don't have to sit here and listen to us talk for two three hours you know and we i don't think i can <laughs> talk for two or three hours either um but yeah, I can't listen I think, to myself talk that long. Seriously. Um, yeah, I think that that is some good takeaways for just sort of where we are with Potter. Um, we think he's going to be here a while. Um, it's a blind faith and trust in him. Um, and we're just, I, I like your analogy of being like out of position. Like we're just mm-hmm. not where we should be right now. Like, I don't know what it is. And then it's, it's the same stupid question. I, that I've been asking myself all season. I've been asking you, Jason, and you can't answer it for me either. Like, what is the problem? <laughs> like, neither right. one of us know the answer to this. Like, it clearly wasn't the manager. Like, I don't know if it's the players. That's who I tend to blame. I, I don't know. I just want to know what the answer to that question is. And I'll probably never know until, you know, we look back on this in five years and do some kind of weird reminiscing podcast. Yeah. It'll be interesting now that we have a, um, a diary of this in a way. Mm-hmm. That's good, yeah. Definitely our, our therapy sessions because we definitely need to <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, I think that about wraps it up for this episode. So Jason, why don't you uh, tell these beautiful people out there where they can find us? Yeah, we're at the Ball and Foot on Twitter while it's still around. <laughs> hey, we're gonna be paying eight dollars <laughs> a month very soon to get our verified check mark, man. <laughs> Yeah, so please subscribe so we can afford the $8 a month that it will take for us to be verified. That's right. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Spotify, Apple. Um, are we on Amazon yet? I don't think so. I, I don't think, Amazon. yeah. Yeah, just Spotify right. and Apple so far. Spotify and Apple. That's all you really need anyway. Um, so, yeah, I mean, unless Amazon wants to pick us up as their first big-time uh, podcast signing, then we'll take that deal. Uh, talk about a good long-term deal. I mean... Yeah. Hey, y'all just 
still look, y'all just pay us, you know, uh, you know, a lot, not a lot of money. We don't take, we live in Mississippi. Don't take a lot to live here, but we just want enough to quit our jobs and just do podcasting full time. So, you know, yeah. just think about just simple, simple things. Yeah. You know, anyway, um, yeah, cool. All right, guys. Um, and that about wraps this episode up. So we will catch y'all on the flip side. Just gotta have a little faith. Flippity floppity. Mm-hmm.